0: Without the constraints of church politics or denominational bias, the Red Rooster pledges to preach to you the word of God just the way it is, whether it offends you, your daddy, your mama, or your preacher. And now, without further delay, please welcome your host of the Gospel Message, The Ray Job, the 13th chapter, I think we're going to start. God bless you. You're watching the gospel message. And I am your host, the Redwood. God bless you. Thank you for being with me tonight. Yesterday's gone. Gone. Can't get it back. You watch Job the thirteenth chapter. you have. I truly hope you have. Again, thank you for being with me. Thank you for for liking, sharing, subscribing, whatever it is you want to do. Uh, Keep letting people know about uh, Thursday nights live at 7 o'clock. I want to give a shout out to Super Jack, little guy. Just, just just, a few years old, a little guy, he's fighting for his life, and he's, uh... anyway, we're just going to say he's super jack. We love you, we're praying for you, God bless you. Um, was at church last night, um, and in service, the brother was talking about uh, the fourth chapter of Evisions. Uh, there's one body, there's one Lord, there's one faith, there's one baptism, um, and there's one hope the the whole point of, of these thursday nights some teaching services on particular subjects some just kind of as the lord leads uh, which is the way we want it um, we want people to have that one hope um, we want them to have that relationship we're not about respect for persons about lifting up individuals we want to lift up the word of god and in order for the word of god to be lifted up god had to send that word that word had to be made in the flesh it had to descend first for the world to have an opportunity to lift up the name of god and we're going to start out real quick here in job the 13th chapter and job was going through a lot um, physically spiritually emotionally family he was going through it all and um, Job thirteen and one says, "Lo, mine eye and has seen all this; mine ear hath heard and understood it." He said, "What you know?" He was talking to his friends that were trying to, you know, correct him, tell him why, you know, what was going on, how, maybe, you know, what they thought of the situation. And here's Job's answer. Okay, because sometimes your friends, your family, they might not have the answers, and just because of who somebody is doesn't make their opinion any better than anybody else's. Remember, God is no respecter of persons. We treat everybody the same, the same love one to another. And um, and Job said, he said, what you know, he said, the same do I know also. In other words, they weren't on some great high level of knowledge. They had the same understanding. They knew what each other and he said, I am not inferior unto you. See, we have to remember that. You know, I've seen, been in churches for so long, many of them. And you'll have certain ones that people flock to, certain ministers, certain people that hold positions, and and um, they treat them better. People do. They want to get closer and honor that person more. They want to suck up a little bit, so to speak. That's... That's not what this is about. We're not in it to make clicks and to lift up individuals. We are in it to attain more knowledge, more word, more understanding of God so we can lift God's word up. Doesn't matter who the the brother or the sister is. Does not matter. We have to do our jobs. If we're leaders of the church, don't let the people lift you up too high. That's an abomination with God. God doesn't want that. He wants his son lifted up. So what did he say? Well, you know I know. I'm not inferior to you. Then what did he say? He said, but you are forgers of lies. You are all physicians of no value. They were bringing him knowledge. They were bringing him their opinion. They were bringing him things that were of no value. See, there is one physician that came that has the power to benefit the world, to heal the world, and that was the love of God. That same love that God sent is the healing power of God. That's where the value is. Us treating others better than others is there's no value. That's respect to a person. That's not the that's not the kind of love God wants us to have. Listen to what he said. Um jump down to that same chapter and uh, the 8th verse. Well now, Sixth verse. He said, hear hear now my reasoning and hearken to the pleading of my lips. Will you speak wickedly for God and talk deceitfully for him? Will you accept his person? Will you contend for God? He's asking them questions. Jump down to the 10th verse. He said, he will surely reprove you. For what? What's God going to reprove him for? He will surely reprove you if... You secretly accept persons. Are you secretly respecting other people? Are you secretly lifting them up? Are you accepting this one and not that one? Is there a division in the body of Christ? Are you really giving your affection and your attention to one and not another? Is the body of Christ divided? Is it sectioned off? Is it denominational? If you truly meet a Christian, a believer, that that word of God, God's son, descended into the lower parts of the earth. He died for the world. He rose again the third day, and he ascended up on high. Well, if we truly believe that, we accept the person of God, God's image, then we have to love everybody the exact same. He said, have the same love one to another. There is no respect to persons with God. So what did he say? He went on down. He said, He will surely reprove you if you do secretly accept persons. We don't want to do that. I let Job go. We're talking about truly loving everybody the same. And I've been I've been visiting my friends in um uh off Needmore, Northridge, Free Will Baptist. Love them to death. I feel apart. Um because there's a love that's shown that you're accepted. I can feel the oneness. And I go around and I visit places. I look for that oneness. I look for those the drawing, not the pushing away, not the clicks here and there, but I look for the drawing in the oneness of God, that love and affection by the Word of God. That's what it's all about. So, what does God expect from us? We're gonna go back and get into some basics. Tonight, But I find that the basics is the strongest part. It's, it's what the, the basics that you can build on it. Those basics are something you can build on. They're never, ever going to get you off the foundation of God. Then it's just the basics. John, St. John 14. And we all know the verse where Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Six verse. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Jesus is saying, you have to go by me, the love of God. God so loved the world, he gave his word in the mortal flesh to show God's love for the world. What do we do with that love? That love is to be put right here. That love, that word of God is in us now. That shows us how to love everybody with the same love. Love. There is no difference in the way we love. I don't care if you are a believer or an unbeliever. A Christian shows the same love one to another. I don't have to condone everything. I don't have to accept everything as far as manners of life or sin goes, but I have to show that same love to everybody. I have failed miserably at that in times past. working on that. God shows me things and he'll going to show you things down the road. But in that same chapter in St. John 14, he says something so simple and I've read it for 20 years and I still get more and more out of it. What did he say in the 15th verse? He said, if you love me, this is the love of God, Jesus talking to his disciples. He said, if you love me, I want you to do something. I want you to keep my commandments. You know, that crosses a lot of people. How many people do you know that truly follow and keep the commandments of God? I I, I want you to be real. How many people do you really know that strive to keep the commandments of God? That's, That's the evidence that you love God. If you love me... He said, keep my commandments, the word of God. Keep it, live by it. Let that be your life. Remember, it says Jesus, in him was life. That life is the light of the world. It's life. Let's just get that. Say that same book, the first chapter of St. John, very first chapter, fourth verse. In him was life. And that life is the light of men. That's what shows our way. If we love God, we keep his commandments, that's going to shine a path of knowledge on how to walk and to please God. Matter of fact, that's where the brother went last night. And I just want to get that real quick. He visions the fourth chapter in the first verse. Shows us how to walk. I therefore the prisoner of the Lord. Apostle Paul was a prisoner of the Lord. Those commandments... Just think of a four square. He was surrounded. He was framed in by the word of God. He was loving God. He was keeping his commandments. That encased his life. He said, I therefore, prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy. Can you walk worthy of the commandments of God? He said, if you love me, that's what you're going to do. You're going to keep my commandments. You're going to walk in the light of God. That word's going to be a lamp under your feet, under your path. It's going to shine the way to eternal life. That's the manifestation of an actual Christian. Not just lips. Anybody can say words, but not everybody says or does the deed. That's why you said the kingdom of God. It's not in just word. It's in power. It's something. It's a deed. It's something we're going to do. It's something that it's a performance by faith. So what did he say? I therefore a prisoner of the Lord beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you were called. How are we walking? We're walking in the love of God with the same love one toward another. That whole body is supposed to be loved the same. Oh, I go to this church over here. Um, we, we are the way. Yeah. Um, we know Jesus better than everybody else and we know how to do it. That's the... We need to learn not to look at that, but to look at the people, to show the people wherever we go that we have the love of God. That's going to be evident. It's going to be obvious, and it's going to show. Now, what did he go on down? Say, how do we walk? In the vocation, walk worthy. With all lowliness, we're not exalted. We're not lifting ourselves up. With all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, How many times have I been guilty? Oh, you don't see this point of doctrine? Oh, you don't see this? Oh, how can you not see? We want to make people see things. We want to push people to believe how we want to believe. That's not God is long-suffering. How long is that? It's a long time. How long? That's up to God. But God is long-suffering, not willing that any should perish, But that all should come to repentance. How long is God going to long suffer with you? Till you're dead. How long are we supposed to long suffer with people? Till they're dead. It's the same love for everybody. The same rules. The same love. The same affection. What did he say? We're walking with lowliness, meekness, long suffering, forbearing one another in love. What's it all for? to lift up what I believe, to lift up what this one believes, to show who's right. If we stay with the basics, the fundamentals of the love of God, we can preach that till the return of the Son of God. That's going to save people, to show them truly what the love of God is. We're going to get into more of that tonight, the love of God. What really is it? Now, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit And the bond of peace, a brother preached this whole chapter. He did good. He said, there's one body. There's, you know, there's one spirit. Is even you are called, one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all through you all and in you all. Now, I'm going to stop at the seventh verse, I think. But he said, but unto every one of us is given grace. What's it according to? According to the measure, there's a measurement for us all. Isaiah said, line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. He's long-suffering. He's bringing us to a place. He wants to get to perfection. That's where he wants us to be. That's our goal. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. God so loved the world. He gave, right? He gave his son. He gave his word. That word is a measurement to you. How far Are you in the word of God? How long have you been walking in the word? God's going to expect more out of you because you've known longer. God, the longer we stay in the word of God, the more he expects us to get power and deliverance over things. But God's long suffering. So while he's suffering with you, while he's suffering with me, I've got to be long suffering for everybody else. It's kind of like leave nobody behind. Terry, wait, help them, love them. We don't go on and forget about people. Well, and I'm going, to, I'm going to stop there in Evisions, I think. Well, the next verse says, Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. He's gave the church gifts to teach and to bring the people into that perfect love and unity to the fullness or the measure of the fullness of the stature of Christ. But anyway, let Evisions go. We're going to go back to St. John 14. That love and that walk being worthy... That's the evidence of Christ in you. If there is no evidence, God's not looking for lips only. That's that's just very. That's a small part of it. Let me ask you a question: Where does where does God want His Son, His Word, in your life? Just just here. Just talk about Him. This here is is it doesn't do the job. Just as much as God wants the whole body, the collective group of believers to come together, he wants the word of God to engulf the body. Well, he wants it to be all of us. Not just here, not just here, but the the evidence of the power of a living Savior is when what's in here and what you're talking about come to life. Have you ever heard somebody talking about how great they are at a sport? And then you watched them play, and you're like, oh, my goodness, this person's horrible. I mean, just the truth. I used to talk a lot of smack. Oh, I'm good at this. I'm good at that. And I'd just get people riled up, and then we'd go play golf, and I'd shoot, like, I don't know, 100. I don't know. It was horrible. This means nothing. But if I got out there and I shot par or under par, I'm going to blow people's minds because what I say, there's a performance of it. By the way, I'm horrible at golf. If you'd like to play it, need some left-handed clubs. But you have to show the evidence of something. So let's just get to this love of God. Where is the evidence of it? Uh, people always want to talk about, well, God's love. God's love. Okay, well, that's good. But now, how do we show it? See, they'll they'll preach that God so loved the world, He gave us only begotten whosoever whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. They can quote that. I mean, it's here all day long. But then when it comes to preaching the performing of that love, you listen for it and you hear crickets. Who preaches that? There is a way to live, a way to walk worthy, a way to be meek and lowly, to have the same love one of another. And we're going to show that tonight, Lord willing. Um, we're going to go to first. First John, first well, first, and I I read this one last week, but uh, Galatians, uh, Galatians five and six. For uh, yeah, Galatians five and six. For in Jesus Christ, neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision. What is it that avails or that profits? But faith which worketh by love. Faith that we've heard preached, we believe it. We believe by faith. Faith which worketh by love. Wait a second. That love of God works his word of faith. Does that not is that not simple? God's word of faith descended. That word held the grace of God. Uh, St. John 1 said that he was full. When that word was made flesh, that word of faith, Jesus is our faith, that word was full of something. It wasn't full of talking smack and saying how great he was. Everything he said lifted up the Father. Even Jesus said, why are you calling me good? I'm just doing the love of God. God sent me to show his love. Jesus had to perform that. He just didn't talk about it. He had to go to the cross. He had to live the life that was worthy before he even got to the cross. That was our example on how to show the love of God. Jesus just didn't talk about it. He did it. He took the spikes in his body and was nailed to a tree. The perfect Lamb of God. That's an example for us to follow, not just talk about. That's where the change of life comes in. Now, faith which worketh by love. Now get 1 John. 1 John. Now remember, Jesus said, if you love me, a simple verse, keep my commandments. Now go to 1 John second chapter and the third verse. Hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. goes right with what Jesus said. If you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, then you know me, and then you're going to keep my commandments. So we're good there. He that saith I know him, I love you, Lord, I know you right? i like can share the apostles, oh, I know you, Lord. But he expected them to do something, not just preach and then live a different example. What they preached, they were supposed to live. That's why Paul said, I am, I'm crucified with Christ. He was dead. He said, nevertheless, I live yet. Not me. It's not really me. It's Christ. That's now in me. That life that I'm now living, I, Paul was living by the faith there was something working in it. the faith of the Son of God who loved me, that example who died for me. So. Two and five says, but whoso keepeth his word. Well, no, I'm sorry. Let me get four. He that saith, I know him. I love you, Lord. I know you. And keepeth not his commandments is a liar. Where do you fall in on that? Are you? Are you trying to keep the commandments of God? Or you just believe here and talk about it here and nothing else on your body works? Ain't that a weird body? It's kind of like a paralyzed body, right? It's here, it's mental. You can think about it, nobody can really see it. And you can talk about it, and this part moves like this, right here. But nothing else is showing the evidence of God. That's a that's a spiritual disability. I guess that's a good way to put it. It's spiritual, you're spiritually disabled. This works. This works, but nothing else apparently works. Because you can't keep the commandments. You say you can't live worthy. You can't do this. You can't do that. You can't help but sin. Well, what good is it? to just here and here. There needs to be a performance. And it's a work. It's a long-suffering work. It doesn't happen overnight. Now, but he so keepeth his word. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. What does five say? But whoso keepeth his word, keep his commandments, if you love Jesus, in him is the love of God perfected. You're keeping it there. It's here. Now it's time to show the righteousness of God because Romans says that confession is made with the mouth of salvation, but the heart believeth unto righteousness. There's an evidence of righteousness. Where do you show people righteousness? In your actions or in your thought? Now watch this. I'm going to think something righteous. Watch. I'm going to think of somebody keeping the commandments of God. I'm thinking all about it. Do you see the evidence? See facial expressions. But now if I take those thoughts and I put them into action, there is a manifestation of the love of God by the way I live my life. Thought process does nothing. The Bible says double a double-minded person is unstable in all their ways. Their stability. And it's to let the right thoughts, the word of God that we're keeping, be performed in our life. That's basics of the Bible. But where do you find it? Who's teaching it? That you can actually perform the will of God. Now, but whoso keepeth his word, where do you keep it? You keep it in your heart. Go back to Proverbs 4, I think it is. Whoso keepeth his word in him, verily is the love of God perfected. There's a colon there. It continues. What's that mean? Hereby, by doing that, we know that we are in him. He that saith he abideth in him. Oh, I'm in Christ. I know the Lord. I love you. Ought himself also to walk. We can walk worthy, just like Thessalonians said, 4 and 1. Lowliness of mind. Humble. Long-suffering, gentleness. He that saith, he abideth in him also himself, ought himself also to walk, how? Even as he walked. We're called to follow the footsteps of the Son of God, for even here unto were you called. you should follow in his steps. Now, um, oh, this is all good. Uh, jump down to 10th verse. Same, same chapter. He that loveth his brother abideth in the light. Now, wait a second. If you're going to abide in the light of God, that is a walk. That's a performance. It's an action. It's a walk. If you're walking in God's love, you're doing something. There is motion. There is movement. You're living in. Now, hold that place. We're going to stay in the same book we're going to go to the first chapter. So he that saith. Let me read it right. He that, 10th verse, 2 and 10. He that loveth his brother abideth in the light. There is none occasion of stumbling in him. Now, wait a second. Just stay on that verse. You're loving your brother with the right kind of love. You're not being a respecter of persons. You're doing the will of God. You're abiding in the light. E t h e he abideth in the light. Now, wait a second. Go back to the first chapter. What's it mean to abide in the light? The first chapter of the same book, fifth verse, this then is the message which we have heard of him. Now, wait a second. Let's go back to the first message that we ever heard out of the mouth of God. Just give you time to think about it. Have an answer? What's the first message that came out, that's been recorded, that we have that God wanted us to know about, What's the first message that came out of the mouth of God? Genesis 1 and 3. What did God say? Let there be light. Now, wait a second. 2 and 10 said, He that loveth his brother abideth in the light. That same message that we heard from the beginning of creation. The first thing that we know that came out of the mouth of God. God said, let there be light light simple it's not shocking it's very simple what does that mean this then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you how do you declare something we preach that word of faith and when that word of faith comes in then we can declare it in our lives listen to what it says And declare unto you that God is light. We love our brother. We're abiding in God. We're abiding in his word and his love. God is light. In him is no darkness at all. Let's keep the commandments of God. Stay in the light. But what's the next verse say? If we say that we have fellowship with him, with light, with the message from the beginning. If we say we have fellowship with him, but yet we walk in darkness. What does that mean? We lie. Now we're big, fat liars. Do you see how simple that is? Oh, I love God. I think about God all the time, but my actions don't show it. Well, you're a liar. I mean, at least, I mean, if you try and fail and stumble, that's one thing. But if you're just talking about it and thinking about it and you never let God come out in your life to declare the true message of God, he says we're liars. Let's read that again. But if we say that we have fellowship with him and we walk in, oh, I've got the love of God. I know Jesus. I love Jesus. But yet we walk in darkness when we're supposed to be loving our brother and abiding in the light of God, then we lie. And do not the truth. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Do you see how that goes? You can't have it both ways. You can't say, oh, I'm a hopeless sinner, I can't overcome sin, I'm in a, uh, there's nothing I can do to please God. Where does that come from? That comes from preachers that don't want to preach the truth like it is because their flock will shrink in numbers. But here's the thing, the great part about God is he's not about how many. He's looking to qualify some people that truly let faith work in their lives by love. If we love him, we're going to strive to keep the commandments. We're going to strive to stay in the body of Christ. We're going to gather ourselves together. We're going to remain in the light of God. Yes, we might stumble, but we can be back. Yeah, we might go astray, but we know where the light is to get back into. If people are preaching that you can't keep the commandments, that you can't please God, what is there to go back to but lip service? There has to be an outward expression of the manifestation, the evidence of a living Savior. Otherwise, it's, there's no profit to it. It's useless. Now, we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness. We lie and do not the truth. Now, here's... The flip side. But if we walk, wait a second. Thessalonians said that we should know how we are to walk and to please God. We should abound more and more in the body of Christ. What did he say? But if we walk in the light, we're doing something. We have to walk about us. Now we're not standing still. We're not just talking about it. We're not just thinking about it by ourselves sitting at home. We're actually walking in the commandments of God. And it's going to read that in just a second. Well, time's flying. I'm going to have to. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, then what happens? If we're actually walking in, if we're doing something, if we're actually following him, we have fellowship one with another. What's that mean? If we're staying in the light, if we're actually walking and pleasing God, what's that mean? We've got fellowship with God and the blood. you You want to be where the blood's at? When you walk away from this, is a total different subject. You know whether you can walk away from the blood or whether you can't. I don't believe that the blood follows someone like a like a a magnet. Okay, that's I, I don't personally I don't believe it. You might. That's that's up to you. I believe a person has to consciously walk after God, seek after God, live for God, keep the commandments of God. Because see, if you throw away the commandments of God. Those commandments of God, this blood of the New Testament, it is the blood. Think about that for a minute. This is the blood of the New Testament. Throw this out of your life. Walk away from God. How can you throw the blood of the Testament away, but yet somehow miraculously just keep it right here? When you threw it away. That's another subject I'm not going to get into tonight, but we're talking about the love of God. Now, evidence of it. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we've got fellowship. Then the blood's, the power of the blood's there. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Now, next verse. This is where people twist this so much. If we say we have no sin... Now, people want to use that and say, oh, we're all con- currently sinners. Okay, it's another argument, but let's just let that go for now. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Now, wait a second. What do we just read the verse above? The blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us. From a double sin. Now, if the blood has cleansed it, and it's clean, it's wiped away, how can it still be there? So they read it out of context. Now, let's read the next verse. This is why the next verse is so important. If we confess our sins, I can say that I have sin. Let's just say that. But if I confess that sin, and then I do something basics called repentance... And I stopped doing that. Let's just say I was a I was a thief, okay. And I was in church, and I, I was robbing the offering plate, right? I don't know how I did it, but I just I was putting in money, and I just kind of skimmed some, you know, got took change the wrong way, right? Got took back heavy on my side, right? Made some bad change. Let's just say I did that for thirty years, and I was pinching out of the offering plate. Well, I would be called a thief, okay. If I repented from that. I confessed it to God. I was forgiven and I stopped doing it. That sin of thievery is no longer there. I'm not guilty of that sin. That's the power of the blood. Then the evidence is I don't dip in the offering plate. I don't skim the top. I don't pinch it. I now give. I work with my hands and I give to the people that have need. That's the evidence that the blood has forgiven me. Now. Now if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Here comes a clean slate and to to cleanse us from, from all unrighteousness. It's all gone. You're forgiven. It's not still there and you're still not a sinner because you quit stealing. Okay. Now If we say that we have not sinned, past tense, it's all about what's in the past. Get rid of the past. Get forgiven. Go on. Start keeping the commandments of God. That's the love of God. If we say that we have not sinned, past tense, not still are sinning, that we have sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. But that word, if we keep it there, it's going to perfect us in the will of God. Now, for whoso keepeth his word in him, verily is the love of God perfected. Now, flip to the third chapter. Keeping on this love of God, and I'm going to have to come to a close because it's, um, yeah, I'm going to come to a close, I think, in the third chapter. St. John, I'm sorry, First John, third chapter. Um, let's just get to the meat of it. Um, 14. Well, 13. 1 John 3, 13, reading down just a couple places and I'll wrap it up. Marvel, not my brethren, if the world hates you. Um, I was buddy-buddy with the world at one time. Did a lot of worldly things. Did a lot of sinful things. I I can't say that, you know, we've all sinned, came short of the glory of God, but I loved the world. I loved the lusts. Of the world. Now, before we go any further, the next chapter, the fourth chapter in the, no, sorry, go back to the second chapter in the 15th verse. Love not the world. That love and affection I had for sin was ungodly. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. So I can't say I love God and keep his commandments and I'm in the light of God and I'm out there doing all the lust of the world. It's impossible. He just said that. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. I mean, that's just black and white. That's, there's no gray area there. You're either doing the will of the world or you're doing, you're striving to do the will of God. Now, 16th verse, he says, for all that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. So we, I got rid of that affection. The evidence that I was truly born again and had the love of God is when that blood of the Testament forgave me. I confessed it. He cleansed me. I started walking in the light. I had to forsake the love that I had of the world, of the ungodly deeds. That's the evidence of a living Savior. Not just this and this. Now. This and this next few verses are very important, and I'll I'll probably try to get on it. Maybe next week, I don't know, but I'm not even going to get close to where I wanted to get. But 14th verse, and we know that we have passed from death and life. When we were living in the love of the world, we were dead in trespasses and sins. Ephesians the second chapter. So we know that we have passed from death. God's forgiven us. We quit doing those deeds. Now we've been born again. He's quickened us together with Christ. He's a, he made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Different life. We can walk worthy. So then he said, we know that we pass from death unto life. Why? How do we know that? Because we think it and talk about it? Because we love the brother. Now let me just make you uh, just think about this. If I say that I love God, well, let's just get it. 4 and 20. 4 and 19. Wow, it's all good. My goodness, 19. We love him because he first loved us. He sent that love to us. He said, 20th verse, 4 and 20. If any man say, I love God and hateth his brother... Well, this just said we know that we pass from death and life because we love the brother. Well, this says, if any man say, "I love God and hateth his brother," he's a liar. He's not walking in the light, just like he said in First John the First or 1 John the first chapter. He's a liar, for he that loveth not his brother, whom he hath seen, we've seen the body of Christ, we've seen the members of the body, we've seen our brothers, we've seen our sisters. So he said, for he that loveth not his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? I don't care how much you talk about him. If the evidence in your life, you can't even love your brothers and sisters from whatever church they're at, then how can you love, a, love God whom you've not seen? You've seen the body, you've seen the members. If you can't treat them with respect and love, how can I expect to believe that you love God? It's impossible because that's the body of his son. I'm gonna to have to wrap it up, but he that loveth not his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he not seen? This is the commandment. I'm sorry, and this commandment have we from him that he who loveth God loveth his brother also. And I didn't even get to get into it, but the, the what I wanted to get into was to truly love your brother is a manifestation the actions of a living savior and we want to get into that that's the true love of god not just what god done for us because we loved him because he first loved us that love has to continue and it doesn't continue walking in filthiness walking in the lust of the world the lust of the eye uh, the lust of the flesh and pride of life that doesn't manifest the love of god and you don't have the love of god if you're giving yourself to the world you have to let go of the world to follow god anyway god bless you thank you for being with me, um, and uh, uh, next Thursday night, seven o'clock. Don't forget to share it, like it, you know, whatever you got to do. Just get it out there. Um, thank you for being with me, and I want you to know something that, um, and until we meet again, you have oh, been watching the Gospel Mess, and I am your host, like Redwood. See you soon. God bless you